Okay, welcome back to the United Pubcast. Coming to you one day earlier than usual, just in time for your Monday trip to or from work. But before we get started, Larry, two things I want to point out. Um, first of all, what did you think of our new intro? Well, I think it's fantastic. It's upbeat, it's spirited, but it's got a little bit of everything. It's got the anger of Roy Keane and, you know, a, a little bit of upbeat music to represent me. So it's got your anger and it's got my up, upbeat lifestyle. So I, I think it's a good representation of us. Well, I'm sure you just mentioned Roy Keane there. I'm sure his name will pop up later on in the podcast when we get into sort of obviously the big news of the week regarding United. But also another thing I want to bring up, uh, I heard a rumour during the week that you have, um, you've pre-ordered the Zebra kit. Is this true? Uh, yeah, I've got it for when, you know, should I suffer any mental illness, I can just make it worse because I don't want to recover. I'd rather just put myself in a state of misery and I can do it by staring at that jersey. Maybe I can buy it to hypnotise myself from the vast and dark reality that we live in, Tom, because it's a shocker. Well, in terms of hypnotising people, I think it'll be one of those where you could almost put money. Solskjaer, I'm not sure if Solskjaer was at the club at the time when they swapped um, shirts at half-time, but it'll be one of those where players could definitely use it as an excuse of not being able to see each other in terms of the crowd. Well, not that there is a crowd there at the moment, but you know what I mean. But we will go on to, obviously, the big news that this time last week we would not have been thinking this was going to be a topic of conversation, but it is obviously a huge issue at the moment. Um, Slabhead, Harry Maguire. First of all, just when the news broke, we'll get into what has happened, what we think is going to happen, etc. But first of all, on Friday night, Sydney time, what did you think when you first heard it? Did you think it was just a, a bit of a Twitter rumour, a bit of a joke, or did you suddenly see the sort of severity of it? I did say he was arrested. Um, it's a weird one. I actually did have an element of scepticism about it because when a footballer, especially, like you, we can see it, right? Harry Maguire is a clean skin. I'm married, if I'm not mistaken. He seems a lot settled. He doesn't seem to be in that group of players that would I, I call, you know, bratty. Um, so I did think that, you know, his name would get cleared. Because being arrested, we have to remember, just means that you've been taken by police, you haven't yet been charged or anything. So, you know, and later we did say that it did, he did his, have his name cleared. Well, I think before we get into it too much, we'll actually look at what happened. I've just written down here or got written down the statement from the police that claimed that after arriving at the Mykonos police station, the three arrested individuals then strongly resisted pushing and hitting three police officers and that one of the detainees tried to offer money so that the trial against them would not be completed. So, so since then, Maguire has pleaded not guilty and has been released and he's free to travel back to the UK. I think there might be a hearing next week, but um, he doesn't have to attend. It's one of those ones where his lawyers can attend on his behalf. So I think just first of all, in terms of what has happened, a lot of people have blamed him, said, oh, he shouldn't be out on the drink, he shouldn't be doing this, he shouldn't be doing that. Others have defended it. Again, we're saying all this without any facts. We don't know what has happened. It, Sort of by all reports, it looks like he's out with a group of mates. His family's obviously involved as well, and there is another group of English people there on holiday. And if you put two and two together, what seemingly has happened, and again, this is just speculation, but if you sort of we've all been out, you put two, two, two and two together. There's a group of English mates who have seen a group of English people, sorry, have seen Harry Maguire. They've started to give him shit. Harry Maguire's friends in his group have started to defend Harry Maguire and told them to piss off. And we've all been out on the drink, and only thing one's gonna, only one thing is ever going to happen. Then the two groups are going to come together, and there's going to be a fight. That's that's just life. That's what happens. So, do you think, in terms of, I wouldn't say blaming Maguire, but can you see a scenario where 
you, you can't really blame Maguire. It's just it's just one of those things where he's unfortunately been caught in the middle of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, look, every player, like, we have to remember these guys are human, right? Like, they're just highly paid humans, getting highly paid for their profession. That is the only difference. They still breathe and see and feel just like all of us. My only criticism of Maguire here is he just needed to be a little bit wiser. Uh, and what I mean by that is have a team of security around you. We've seen it a lot with... Um, modern footballers surrounding themselves with security guards, maybe not right by their side, but they're always close by. Should anything happen, they will interfere and protect you from these sorts of scenarios. And I feel like he should have just been a little bit wiser, hopeful that none of this would happen, but also conscious that things like this do happen. And unfortunately, amateurs will always look for an opportunity to make a name for themselves. So that's the only criticism I have of him. Do I have an issue with him going out on the drink and enjoying himself after a long and grueling season as United captain? Of course not. Yeah, I think it's one of those, like, if you look at Roy Keane, I remember we'll get into his captaincy, uh, Harry Maguire's captaincy. I'm not at all comparing Roy Keane and Harry Maguire, the footballers, but there's been this huge argument and obviously Harry Maguire, criticism of Harry Maguire at the moment is a real flavour of the month thing. Roy Keane, just after we beat, I think it was after we beat the final game of the season against Spurs in 1999 to sort of complete the first trophy of the treble. Roy Keane was arrested that night for a bar, for a fight in a bar, and obviously that was on the eve of the FA Cup final against Newcastle, which he wasn't fully fit, ended up getting injured in the first couple of minutes from a tackle from the late um, Gary Speed. And I'm not saying people were happy with Roy Keane for getting arrested at the time, but his his captaincy was never sort of brought into question. And I'm not, I'm not, maybe it was, but obviously we don't have Twitter and the like back then. But I'm just thinking, do you think Harry Maguire, in terms of his position as captain, has been unfairly treated over this? Well, unfairly or not, uh, it does come into it. I mean, I think in Roy Keane's case, you've made a key point there in saying social media was not around. I also think, and if, you know, you just have to look online about this, and even if you just talk to United fans um, in the street or so forth, there is a split. Um, some some fans don't believe he's captain material. Some think he's not even a United-caliber player. I don't agree with those sentiments. Um, I can understand sort of the argument to say he's not a captain. I mean, purely if you're looking at his predecessors, Vidic, Keane, Robson, Ferdinand, Evra, etc. Winners. Um, And unfortunately, and perhaps wrongly, this does come into account when people say, oh, he should have the captaincy stripped off him. We laud or praise Roy Keane for any, any wrongdoing because we know he's a warrior on the field. So if he's a warrior off the field, there's no issue. It's that's part of Roy Keane. When you're nice and sensible the way Harry Maguire is, and you haven't won every trophy that is under the sun in your first season at United, then unfortunately it's just the way people judge, and they put the footballer with the human. It's not right, but that's just the way it is, and that's the pressure that comes with playing for one of the largest clubs in the world. Well, how do you think United view this in terms of Woodward? And Look, we'll get into Woodward and the Glazers, but United as a club in whole, at the whole, what do you think they... Because there's obviously been a big PR push in the last six months from United, so they look fantastic off the field. Suddenly your captain gets arrested in, let's say, a bar fight. How do you think the club sort of... Do you think they do punish Harry Maguire in some way, or do you think they sort of wait for all the facts to come out, or just in terms of how do you think United can potentially spin this if they want to? They will take a pragmatic approach, simply because he 
because this is now a matter of for court, they can't charge him on anything because you, you can't punish someone on the assumption of innocence, right? It puts them in in, in hot water themselves uh, with the player. So you would think that they'll just wait it out, but I can't imagine they're pleased. I'm sure that Solskjaer would, you know, almost say it's naive because it is, right? And again, this isn't Harry Maguire's fault that this has happened or that he was targeted, but he should know better. And as a captain, I think there is a bit more responsibility to make sure that you don't put yourself in these sorts of situations. We've seen videos and footage of Scott McTominay, Oriana Gallo, etc. getting out and about, and they've seemed to avoid this. So, you know, I think he just could have avoided this if he was just a little wiser and surrounded himself with some sort of security. See, I agree with that in terms of avoiding the situation. Sometimes it's going to be unfortunate to a bit of timing and location, but as you mentioned, other people go out and they don't run into these kind of things. However, and this is big, however, this is sort of unconfirmed reports, but a lot of um, news outlets are running with it that his sister was apparently involved and they've used the word stabbed. I don't think it was really used in terms of she was stabbed with a knife. I think it was sort of like it's reported as a, as a bad cut. But if his sister was, let's say, stabbed... I don't think you can blame him for putting himself in the middle of that situation. Of course not. Of course not. And that's what I'm saying. I have no issue with how he's carried himself. My issue is he should have surrounded himself with a bit more protection. Yeah. So just before we move on from Harry Maguire and this whole thing, in terms of you mentioned he shouldn't have the captaincy stripped of him, but you can't have a you can't have a sentence about Harry Maguire and the captaincy at the moment without mentioning Bruno Fernandez. A lot of people want to see Bruno Fernandez as captain now. Just your latest thoughts on that. I know we touched on it a little bit last week, and it's something... I have no uh, no sort of issue with anyone who does want Bruno Fernandes as captain. I just think it creates too many problems because you're then taking the captaincy off someone who's only had it for a few months. You're giving it to someone who's been there even short of time. And I just think there's no point. Bruno Fernandes is fantastic in what he is. There's no need to change it. I remember when we gave Wayne Rooney the captaincy, and probably rightly so. He probably did deserve it. But we saw his game change. And I don't think there's a need to sort of potentially change Bruno Fernandez's game. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I mean, regardless, just because of the position he plays, we did touch on this last week. He's a risk taker. And unfortunately, because of that, I wouldn't feel comfortable with him as captain. Um, you can't have someone who's going to have, at times, a 70% pass completion rate because he's going to be trying the risky ball. And then that makes him open for criticism from fans and his own teammates. So... I just think, again, it's a matter of wait and see. We have to assume he's innocent. Hopefully he learns from this, and I'm sure he will. Um, but should the worst happen and he gets charged with anything, then I'm sure the club will act in due course. Now, who becomes captain after that? I don't know. I, I could. I mean, who knows what happens with De Gea? You'd think he's next in line, in fact, just because of how long he's been there. Um, but, you know, that's assuming he's the number one. There's not a lot of contenders. Perhaps Pogba comes into the conversation. It, it just shows there is a lack of leadership at the club at the moment. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Now, we'll move on, but just before we move on, there have been, in regards to this whole situation, some unbelievable memes. My favourite, I think there was one, it was something along the lines of, because um, obviously United have been sort of heavily criticised in terms of the way they're going about their transfer business, but they um, United got informed that Harry, Mag- Harry Maguire's bail would be €50,000, so they sent a team out there to offer €30,000 and Phil Jones. <laughs> That's brilliant. I haven't seen any of this. I haven't actually haven't been on Twitter for the last week or so very much. So I've got to say my head's feeling better. 
No, so there have been some absolute belters. So for next week's podcast, please tune in for more Law and Order with um, myself and Larry. I'm sure there'll be a, I'm sure there'll be an update and hopefully a clearer picture of what actually happened and hopefully proving Harry Maguire was in the right, which I think we all hopefully think and hopefully does prove true. But we will go on to everyone's favourite topic, not mine, but everyone seems to love it, um, transfers, which obviously United aren't involved in at the moment. Um, we've got a complete lack of business, especially compared to other clubs, which we'll get into. But we might as well start on United and just... What do you think is happening in terms of general? Do you think United are just in a position where they don't want to be held to ransom, so they're not just going out and spending ludicrous amounts of money that are going to put them in a sort of deep hole? Or do you think the Glazers have just said, hang on, we're in the Champions League, Oli can deal with it, we don't want to spend the money? I think there's a combination of factors. Um, They definitely don't want to be held to ransom. I think they're conscious of their image and that reputation that is starting to be, you know, spoken of in terms of whatever clubs ask United eventually pay up and that's the uh, and that's that's what's been reported the last 12 months we saw it with Maguire, Wambasaka, Fernandez, and it is something that I'm sure Woodward doesn't like um, his his owners and his managers talking about so I think United will naturally try to negotiate better but again it just comes back to that director of football argument doesn't it but I don't want to get into that the other side of it is, I think there is a little bit of that. Oli's in the dream job; he won't fight for it. I don't think he's a pushover by any means, but I, I, I'm sure we will make signings. I do expect two or three players to come in, but I just think, especially with the um, Jaden Sancho deal, if if the reports are true and what Fabrizio Romano is saying around, they want one twenty million up front in a COVID market. That's just insanity, isn't it? It's the definition of it, and. I can understand United just saying, look, we simply cannot afford to blow our basically most of our transfer budget on something like that. There was a report that United did get a £150 million draft. Um, but again, if that, assuming that that's for the summer transfer budget, you don't want to be blowing all of that on one player. Yeah, exactly. Well, from what... And again, I'm no financial expert or have any inside knowledge at all, but from what I heard about that 150 or £140 million, whatever it was, I think that was more so to sort of cover the costs of no football throughout those um, the lockdown months and sort of no no fans in stadiums, etc. But I'm sure some of it was transfer-related as well. But do you just think, in, in regards to Glazers and um, Solskjaer, do you think they're prepared? Like, really, no... OK, they've had dealt with other managers in the past in terms of David Moyes, Louis van Gaal, Jose Mourinho. But do you think they're just fully prepared to throw Solskjaer under the bus if it doesn't go well in terms of they're not going to let him spend now or potentially not let him spend... And if that is the case and we don't invest, in six months' time, there's a very likely chance that we'll be sitting here saying Solskjaer's got to go. And the focus will definitely be on Solskjaer because football will be happening and not the Glazers. Because the attention now is on the Glazers when there's not a ball being kicked. But fans are fickle and when sort of the action is on the pitch, we'll definitely be looking at Solskjaer and not above him. I think we're just getting ahead of ourselves. And I totally understand the impatience, especially when you're seeing your rivals. We've seen Chelsea... Uh, make some key good signings. We've seen City make two signings already. Arsenal look like they're about to sign uh, Gabriel. So I understand the frustration. You know, you almost feel like the club's resting um, almost naively. But I'm telling you, mate, I mean, when does the transfer window close? we still got over a month of it, right? We've got a month and a week, essentially. So a lot can happen in about six weeks. I think we just need to calm down and look... 
I'm with you. If we don't sign anyone, I think if the fans do need to get together and start rallying the whole, you know, whatever part we can play and putting pressure on the Glazers and saying it is not Oli's fault. However, I think we will get some signings done. I'll be amazed if nothing gets done. Well, you just mentioned there in regards to rivals and the rival. Look, Man United have won, so that in quotation marks, won transfer markets before and gone on to finish sixth. Liverpool didn't sign anyone last year and went on to win the league. So I think a lot of people, and it's so heavily involved on Twitter, that you have to win the transfer market. It's almost more important than points these days and more important than trophies. You look at Goldbridge and that on the United stand, the transfer business is more important than the football at times. And But do you think the other sort of the other clubs, you look at teams like Chelsea, you look at Arsenal now signing players, you look at City signing players, do you think sort of their actions affect our judgment? And if that if it does affect our judgment, do you think that's right or wrong? Oh, look, it doesn't affect, like, myself and you. Um, I know we've spoken at length about this. Look, I, I, honestly, Tom, I don't give a shit about transfers. I think it's a just a non-topic. It, if, you, if I see a player holding a shirt, great, I'll celebrate it. Until that happens, it's just a whole bunch of rumour and innuendo. It's honestly the biggest waste of time. Does it influence the majority of people who are invested in a transfers? Of course it does. Especially, like you said, people with large platforms um, piping on about how we haven't signed anyone while our rivals do it. Unfortunately, when, when you have people with large followings carrying themselves that way, uh, there is going to create that, you know, it's kind of like it just builds up the, the smoke, um, if for a lack of a better term. And... But like I said, I, I just don't think it's a it's an issue. I think it's very early days. We're not even in September yet. Let's just wait and see when the transfer window slams shut. Even I'll go a step further than that. Let's wait until the season starts. Let's see who's lining up in that starting eleven in the first game against Palace. Then and only then can we say what the Glazers have or haven't done, or what Woodward has and hasn't done. Because at the moment we're all just assuming we're not doing anything. When who knows? Maybe they're signing three players tomorrow. I just, I've learnt now to say, let's just take a breath and see what happens. So you say that, and I completely agree that it's early days. However, we can sit here and say it's early days, but teams are playing pre-season matches now. And I'm not sure, and again, United are in a unique circumstance. Our our season finished a couple of days ago, and we have a a week longer than everyone else until the first game of the season. But we're going to have to start playing games again soon. And you need need those players in to integrate them into training, integrate them in with a squad, and just think... Is it early days, really? Or do you think... Because I think... Look, I'm trying not to get too frustrated. But it's hard not to, because before we know it, the season will be here. And we'll be lining up with the same team we had last year, which ultimately, in terms of winning trophies, wasn't good enough. When Paul Pogba signs for Manchester United, do you remember when he played his first game? Second game of the season. That's but right. A, and but it's a unique circumstance now. That was a full pre-season. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. But what I'm saying is, like you're saying, it is a unique circumstance. But what that does mean is, whatever player you bring in has already been training. He's been doing his pre-season um, build-up. And then when mm. he joins the squad, sure, he will need to get integrated. But he'd need to get integrated anyway. Yeah. Maybe this time, when he joins the squad, he's actually going to be straight in playing lots of minutes, which means chemistry might actually get him up to speed a lot sooner, as opposed to being drips and drabs. Here's some training. Here's some pre-season minutes, etc. So I actually think it could work out. Um, like I said, these guys will already be training. Is it ideal? Of course not. But these aren't. These are very unique circumstances, and I think we just need to treat it as it is. Yeah. Well, we just in the last five minutes spoke about how much we don't like transfer rumors, but we will go on to Jaden Sancho in the latest. It all might look. I said last week on the podcast that I think Sancho might be the only deal we do. I think United, in terms of their PR machine, will just sort of bite the bullet. 
and not lose out on this. And if that unfortunately results in blowing the whole 120 million budget on one player, that'll be the wrong thing to do. But if they are in that position, I think United would do that to appease fans because I think a lot of fans are so heavily invested in Jadon Sancho that they'll just they'll sort of only see that and they'll see the good in it. They won't care about anything else, even though the squad definitely needs um, heavy investment in other areas of the pitch. However, the latest murmurings are that it's maybe slipping away, this Jaden Sancho deal, and all parties almost sort of come to terms where he's going to face another or have another season in Germany. I don't know, Tom. I, I still feel like the deal's going to happen. I don't know why. Look, that's just a gut feeling. It's nothing I've read. It's if it, In fact, if I was following what I've been reading, it's definitely not going to happen. But I don't know. I just I feel like this is just going to rumble on a little bit, but I, I feel like he will sign for United. It's just a big negotiation, and I understand the hesitance from United, like, like we said earlier in the podcast, that you know to pay $120 million up front, it's, it's mental. It's absolutely insane. Um, but... There is a negotiation to be had, and while ever there are two parties at the table, until we hear that the deal's absolutely off, then I think we just have to be patient and just see what happens. Um, I'm with you. I, I don't agree with it. I would rather we skip him for this season, strengthen in that area if you can, um, get a defensive midfielder, get a centre-half in. But, you know, it's Edward Wood and, and the circus that is Manchester United, so... Let's wait and see with this one. But look, I think I'm. I actually think he'll end up at United. Okay, it's you, just posturing. You think he's going to end up United? And I, if I'm putting money on it, I probably agree. I, I think I think eventually it will happen. And maybe again to the detriment of our sort of other sort of much more needed transfer business. But I think it might happen. However, if you were to put a number out of ten, a rating out of ten, what do you think the likelihood? Because I think it's probably higher than people actually think or people are saying. What do you think the likelihood of United not signing anyone is? Not signing a single player? Yeah. Zero out of ten. You don't think? No, I, I can't see it. We'll, we'll get someone. Yeah, look, I'm praying to God we do, but I think it's probably a bit higher than people think because we've seen no, that like the evidence say, is there in terms of United, how they can almost, and it's a lazy argument, but they almost deal with one transfer at a time. And look, it's all Sancho related. Now, has there really been other credible stories? I don't think there really has. Like, there is the Jack Grealish one, but gone a little bit quiet. Other than that, there's no real concrete interest, really. Just think of it from a PR perspective. I can't see United... Oh, no, it would be going. a disaster. I agree. Exactly. And that's the thing. They haven't invested all this money and time into such positive PR, only for it to be go up in smoke. Um, so that's why, just purely on that, they, they'll get someone in. I, I don't know who that is, but I'm sure there'll be a signing. No, or... Fingers crossed, but we will look to... If there's to... not, oh my goodness, they better be ready. They, they deserve whatever <laughs> comes after that. Yeah. But we'll look to the team that is currently top of the transfer table, because um, a lot of fans do rate them. Um, like that, Chelsea, um, obviously, have signed Timo Werner, Zayek from Ajax. It looks like they're going to get Havertz from Bayer Leverkusen. But the one I want to touch on, Ben Chilwell for, um, from Leicester City looks like it's about to be done. Now, I've no idea. I've heard prices from around 50 million to 70 million. Let's assume it was probably around 55, 60 million. Just one your touch there, which we mentioned earlier in the podcast in terms of United being held for ransom, we had to pay 80 million for Harry Maguire last year. If we, were to buy, if we were to sign Ben Chilwell this year, it would be 80 million minimum again. Not that he's worth that, but that's what Leicester would demand. However, with Chelsea, they don't have to pay the 80 million. It's going to be what, 55, 60 million. Just your thoughts on that? It would be easy to say, oh, Matt Judge and Edward would kind of negotiate. But 
I just think that there is a Manchester United tax. There's an... Unfortunately, when it's common knowledge that you are the wealthiest club in the country and in the top three most valuable clubs in the world, and your profit... Because you're a public company, everyone knows how much you make. Like, unfortunately, that just means people are going to hold you to ransom. And you're not going to turn around and say, we don't have the money. Now, yeah. that's why, again, we've come back to that director of football thing. It's If you have someone there who does have a reputation and is respected in the game, they could potentially negotiate a price down. They could say, look at this player, look at this player. We've actually got our eyes on this player, so we'll actually not go for him if you give us this. There is a proper negotiation if you had a, a quote-unquote football man in the job. I think that's the issue that, yes, there will be a United tax, but you've got someone in there in Matt Judge who we don't even know what his face looks like. So, you know, and there's there's been all sorts of stories around how he negotiates and his knowledge or lack thereof of football. So, you know, United are sort of shooting themselves in the foot on a few fronts there. Um, would United pay more? Absolutely they would. But that's just the way the cookie crumbles, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I, I look at Chelsea and this is more from hope than any because you can't hide from the fact they are doing very good business. Or on paper, it looks like very good business. However, I remember Louis van Gaal's first window under under um, City so Stewardship. He who'd we sign? Falcao, Di Maria, Herrera, Luke Shaw looked fantastic. We definitely sort of so and so won the transfer window. However, def- what did we finish? Actually, I think we finished in the Champions League this season, but it's almost looked like a title-winning squad on paper. Where we had Rooney, Van Persie, Falcao. Do I am I right in holding hope that maybe Chelsea bring in sort of too many changes and too many big names in? I think it will take time to adjust. Um, you know, when you're changing a striker, it's crucial. Uh, that Basically, that front three is going to be changing a fair bit. So they will need time to settle. Um, but in saying that, two of those players are already there and probably training. So yeah. who knows? I've mean, I got to say, Tom, it, it is good business. You, you can't look at it and you're trying to find a hole in it. But if they manage to get <clears throat> Havertz and Chilwell in particularly... That's a very that's a very strong uh, transfer window for them. Absolutely. I think also, and this is again, is not defending Woodward or the Glazers at all. However, I think you do need to apply context with Chelsea and the money they had to spend because obviously they couldn't spend money in a previous transfer window, so they right. have had this transfer budget backed up for a little bit. So you can see why they've done this or why they are able to do this. But um, move on to Arsenal, who I don't really like to class teams who finish eighth in the league as rivals, but um. Here we are. They're always um, front and centre of the news, like Man United. Obviously, signed William. It looks like they're going to sign Aubameyang to a new contract, which I think in the short term is good for them. However, long term, I think it might cause maybe a few problems. But again, that's maybe more hope than anything. But they ended up signing that left-footed Brazilian defender, Gabriel, from um, Lille. Yeah, I mean, and again, I've seen United fans losing their minds. Um, I'm sure they didn't know who he was about three weeks ago. So, you know, yeah. that's Twitter for you. But... Who knows, he could be good. <clears throat> From what I've seen on YouTube, and again, because I'm being honest with you, that's all I've seen of him. He looks like he's got composure, looks like he's good on the ball. I don't know what he's like defensively. I don't know if he's quick or not. He might be great. He might be dog shit. I couldn't tell you, but good on Arsenal for getting the signing in if they do get it. I've got to say, William is a good signing. I know he's aging, but if United managed to get that in, I wouldn't have been upset. If they managed to get William in, I wouldn't have been upset. I think he's classy. Um, so you got to say that it, that is good business. It, high wages, absolutely, but it's good. It's good business from them, particularly because it's common knowledge of Arsenal. They have a very small budget, so it can be done. Uh, United do have a bigger budget than Arsenal, and again, that's probably the reason why 
I am more optimistic in saying we will get someone in, but credit where it's due, I think they've done good business so far. And like you say, Aubameyang, he is a good player. So good for them. Maybe they'll finish seventh next season instead of eighth. Yeah, no, I think they hold the record for the English Premier League team with the most um, consistent uh, or the most times qualified in a row in the Europa League, which is um, some stat to be proud of, I think, Arsenal fans. Yeah, it just shows their level. But um, moving on, we'll finally touch on City. And just a quick one, they obviously have signed one or two players. They signed that Spanish player and obviously Nathan Aki. The latest I've heard, there is maybe a little little bit of progress with um, the name that has always been mentioned in regards to City and United and Koulibaly. They reckon maybe there's a little bit of progress, unfortunately, in that department. Uh, it's a weird one. I, I keep hearing that there is a. it's difficult for City to do uh, any dealings with Napoli because of what happened with Jorginho. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But look, if they get Koulibaly again, you have to say, damn, good signing. Because I think Laporte is class. And if you can put someone who's physical, got good pace um, next to him, um, and, and good on the ball, I should add, in Koulibaly, that's a really strong partnership. And to be honest, from what I'm seeing City do, I feel like they'll be favourites come next season. Sadly. Well, look, I'm not happy with City being favourites, but obviously we don't see United, or not many of us would see United really challenging for the title, or at least at least sort of that's on the outset, especially looking at our transfer business, the title challenge does look a long way off. But I would definitely take City as title favourites over Liverpool because um, I cannot deal with them winning that again. And um, I want to stay clear on 20 titles. I think it will take City 50 years to reach that. But um, unfortunately, Liverpool are only one away, so... Put your city hats on. I'm happy for them to win the title if need be. Um, I think that just about wraps up this week's podcast, I think, mate. Sunday night recording, a little bit different for us. Yeah, it's been good. Um, Hopefully our listeners enjoy it. And look, like I say, I hope that we can get some signings and maybe a more positive podcast. We are generally positive. um, But I guess something that where we can focus on some good news as opposed to our captain getting arrested and a lack of transfer business. Well, to save talking about pointless transfers in the next podcast, hopefully our podcast with Jesper Olsen will come out maybe on the Wednesday or Thursday. We'll just teen up a time um, suitable for him to record, but um, that should be a little bit of a break from the transfer rumours. Um, an interesting chat with him. Um, whenever we get a former United player on, I think it's good. They've all got unique stories, and it's always something a little bit different and maybe a good listen for especially some of our younger um, listeners, and even even I class myself as an older fan, but even I wasn't born when Jesper Olsen played, so I'd be very interested in some of the stories he's got and sort of his career through football, because obviously a very famous um, teammate of his in Johan Cruyff um, be interesting to get a little bit of insight there. So um, hopefully that is out um, later this week um, for you to enjoy. Um, also, we'll put the code out, but um, we've started a fantasy Premier League, so if you want to get involved with that, Feel free. I will do my best to last more than two or three weeks this week, but I have seen my, I have just selected my team, and I think I will win it probably, most likely. I've um, seen it. Um, but we will get out the code for that, and I'm sure we'll uh, think of a prize um, to go along with that for the winner eventually. Um, I don't think Larry will be winning it. Um, hopefully, it'll be me. But anything else to add this week, Larry? Nope. Um, I'm with you, except that last that last dig you took at me, mate. Please, I'm, I was a natural born winner. I'll, no, I'll wipe my I, I've seen my team. I, I've done it. I've done it strategically. So United aren't playing in the first week, so I don't have any United players. So I'm I'm thinking ahead this week, this year, and instead of just picking one matter, Paul Pogba and players like that, I'm thinking with my head this time. But Very we good. will. What, 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 sorry, what were you thinking with before? 
yeah, no, none of your business. But we will go on to um, yeah, Yes Brolson's podcast next week. But make sure you um, subscribe on your podcast app, whatever you listen to, either iTunes, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Um, please like all the posts on all the platforms of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Appreciate all the support. And um, yeah, we'll chat to you later on in the week. Cheers. Cheers.